welcome to The Budget Mouse, a podcast that will help you have an incredible Walt Disney World vacation, even if you're on a shoestring budget. I'm Leah, the blogger behind The Budget Mouse and The Frugal South. I visit Disney World many times each year and have tons of tricks for doing Disney on the cheap. I want you to have the incredible vacation you deserve, so I'm sharing all of my tricks with you on my sites and here in the podcast. This week's show is all about the Disney Moderate Resorts, so let's dive in. again everyone and welcome to episode 47. This week I want to give you an overview of the Disney World moderate resorts and particularly looking at are they really worth it for the money you'd spend to stay there. So there are five Disney World moderate resorts. They are Caribbean Beach, Port Orleans French Quarter, Port Orleans Riverside, Coronado Springs, and the cabins at Fort Wilderness. And the rack rates at these resorts start around $200 a night and range up to $350 per night during peak times. So they are quite a bit more than the value resorts. And I wanna kind of explore, is the extra money well spent to stay at a moderate resort compared to a value resort? So first, let's talk Caribbean Beach. It was the first Disney World moderate resort to open in 1988, has over 1,500 rooms on over 200 acres, and it's actually the largest resort on Disney property besides the Fort Wilderness Resort. It now consists of four villages. There were five, but the Barbados Village was demolished to make room for the new Riviera Resort. Now, with all the moderate resorts, you'll get two queen beds in a standard room, a table and two chairs, a coffee maker, they're Keurigs now, a mini fridge, and about 300 square feet in size. These are bigger than the value resorts, which are about 260 square feet in size. And Caribbean Beach is slightly smaller than the other rooms. It's around 300, and the other moderate resorts are about 315. So all of the rooms now in the moderates have heavy sliding wooden doors that separate the bathroom area from the rest of the room. The value resorts are getting these in the remodel. It's now complete at two value resorts, Pop Century and All-Star Movies. This is great for getting ready in the morning, or you can even put a pack and play in there in the bathroom area for a separate sleeping area for a little one at nap time or at night because the doors are quite heavy and they seal off noise from the rest of the room. Some rooms at Caribbean Beach sleep five that have a pull-down single bed, and that's no extra cost to book these rooms, but you must either have five people on your reservation or you must request a room with the fifth sleeper if that is something that is important to you. Now, there are pirate-themed rooms in the Trinidad South part of Caribbean Beach, and those are gonna cost an extra $50 a night compared to a standard room. There are also preferred rooms in the village closest to um, the main building that has the check-in and the quick-service dining. Those are gonna cost an extra $70 a night. So the check-in is now at Old Port Royale, sorry, that is where the updated food court and gift shop are as well. So in the past, it was really goofy at Caribbean Beach. You had to check in at the separate building that was kind of in the far reaches of the resort. And then that wasn't anywhere close to the food court and the gift shop, what have you. So now they have changed that. Thankfully, the magical express drop-off is also there at Old Port Royale. So Sebastian's Bistro is a new 
um, table service restaurant there at Caribbean Beach. It's also right by the main check-in area and it has great food. I reviewed it as part of my kind of review of all of the new dining at Caribbean Beach and I'm going to link to that post about Caribbean Beach dining that is on the blog. There's also a new very small quick service dining location in Trinidad South and that's because it is quite a hike to get to the main building from Trinidad South. The pool complex at Caribbean Beach is excellent. It is pirate themed. I think it's one of the most fun pools at Disney World. It has two water slides, a kid's water play area, a hot tub. And there's also four other leisure pools, one in each village. And I think the pool scene is a strong point of Caribbean Beach and actually of the moderates in general. Transportation is a challenge. So there are seven internal bus stops. Actually, it might be six now. Um, most of any Disney resort. So it's going to add an extra 15 to 20 minutes to every trip you make to the parks compared to resorts with only one stop. The Skyliner now has a stop in the south part of the resort, and that is actually furthest from the preferred room. So just keep that in mind if you're planning on utilizing the Skyliner. Uh, it is the farthest from the preferred rooms, um, and every village has its own bus stop, so you will never be too far from a bus stop. So as you may have figured out, size and transportation are the biggest drawbacks of this resort. It you can be really far from amenities in some of the villages and a room request is essential if you're staying here to request a room as close as possible to the main building or to the pools. I have done this, stayed in standard rooms, and I was within a five to maybe 10 minute walk to the main building, but you have to be prepared for how far flung you could be at this resort. Um, rack rates here start at $200, as I mentioned for all of the, the all of the moderate resorts, but I did see rates from $155 a night in January on Orbitz, and that is thanks to a Disney room-only discount that was just released. And you do get the Disney discounts when you book through a third party. Plus, you can save an extra 10 to 15% with um, an Orbitz promo code. So that brings the price per night down into the realm of about $160. That's including tax. And at that price point, I do think it is worth it to stay at Caribbean Beach. So I'm going to link in the notes to my Orbitz post about how to use promo codes uh, on Disney resorts. Now on to Port Orleans French Quarter. And that is actually the smallest Disney resort in size. The grounds are really beautiful at this resort, as is the theming. It is a Disneyfied version of New Orleans, I'll say. Um, it, I think it's a nice resort for couples, and it can be quite romantic, but of course it is fine for families as well. And it has your standard moderate rooms, but they have been updated in the last few years with hardwood floors and new fixtures. It also has a nice pool and a water play area. Great quick service dining with beignets. That's all I have to say, beignets. But there is no table service dining at Port Orleans French Quarter. Now, the bus situation is this. You'll almost always get a direct bus to Magic Kingdom and possibly the other theme parks at peak times, but sometimes you will share a bus with Port Orleans Riverside, which can lead to a long ride to the parks. So that is something to keep in mind. And also, French Quarter is sometimes excluded from discounts. For example, Disney released a room-only discount for early 2020 this week, and the discount was only 10% for Port Orleans resorts, whereas the other moderates were 20%. 
And it can sometimes be completely excluded from the discount um, as well. Now there's a quick boat ride to Disney Springs and Riverside Resort, which is a really nice perk if you're planning on visiting Disney Springs so you don't have to ride the bus, so you can take a lovely boat ride instead. And you can use the pool at Riverside when you're staying at Port Orleans because they are considered kind of sister resorts and they share amenities. So because there can't be there's often not good discounts for a French Quarter. It can be a pricey place to stay. So I consider it paying the extra cost to have the smaller size where you're never going to be too far from the main building and for the dedicated bus service occasionally, which is rare at these moderate resorts, as you will see. Okay, let's talk Port Orleans Riverside. So it was actually originally named Dixie Landing when it opened in 1992, and it was renamed Port Orleans Riverside in 2001. There are two distinct sections at Riverside. One is Alligator Bayou, which are kind of like rustic, more styled rooms. And then there's the mansion rooms, which I stayed in last year. And boy, are they beautiful. They're just really nicely themed. Something to note is that the alligator bio rooms do sleep five with a fold down uh, fifth sleeper. I don't know if that's all of the rooms there. I believe it is, but that is something you'll want to check for sure. Um, there are also princess royal rooms for about an extra $60 per night, and they are arguably the best themed rooms on Disney property. So many nice touches to make. You feel like the princesses were actually just there in the room. They have like a fire LED fireworks display on the above the beds. It is just, they're gorgeous rooms. So really nice detail. There's a great pool and quick service dining at Riverside. Plus there is a lounge, the Scat Cat Lounge with live entertainment some nights and boat rights, which is a decent, but nothing to write home about um, table service restaurants. And there are also leisure pools found around the resort. Now it can be a long ride to the theme parks with four bus stops around the resort. And there is also the boat to Disney Springs that has in common with the French Quarter. This resort stands out to me as having the most beautiful grounds. The flower beds are gorgeous. It is just overall a really lovely resort. And it's more often included in the better discounts, but in 2020, it is only a 10% room-only discount. So it is sometimes quite a bit cheaper than French Quarter when it is included in those discounts. A few years back, I was able to get a room at Riverside on Hotwire for a ridiculously low price. I think it was like $99 plus tax. So they do occasionally become available. This is one I have seen quite a bit on Hotwire at various points in time. Coronado Springs was the fourth Disney moderate resort. It opened in 1997 and it is Disney's attempt at a moderate convention center hotel. And it's actually has the largest convention center on Disney property. There are almost 2,000 rooms at Coronado Springs, so to say it's big is kind of an understatement. There are three sections, the Casitas, Ranchos, and Cabanas sections. It is the only moderate resort with some amenities because of it being a convention hotel. So it has a fitness center, a salon, a nightclub, and some suites that are crazy expensive. So those amenities do set it apart from the other moderate resorts. It received a room refurbishment in 2018. It got wooden floors and a desk area replaced the table and two chairs, got double sinks, and many bathtubs were replaced with only a shower, but with a nice rainfall shower head. So having no table and chairs and only showers makes some of these rooms 
not very kid-friendly in my opinion. There are still some rooms with a bathtub though, I learned. So if you want to stay there and a bathtub is important to you, you can request it in a room request. And I will link to my post on how to do an effective room request in the notes here. Now the Grand Destino Tower is a new section of Coronado Springs that opened in July 2019 with 545 new rooms. So the check-in desk for the entire resort is now located at Grand Destino Tower and I stayed at Coronado Springs recently last month and wow, the Grand Destino Tower is gorgeous. It is nothing like the other Disney Modern Resorts. It is very luxurious and high-end so if that is the vibe that you are looking for, definitely consider Coronado Springs and particularly those uh, Grandestino Tower rooms. I think dining is a strong point of Coronado Springs because there are many options. So Toledo is the new rooftop restaurant that opened on the top of Grandestino Tower and it is tapas, steak and seafood. It is one table service credit on the dining plan. It is only open for dinner. I have heard only good things about Toledo. There's also the new Three Bridges Bar and Grill. That is an open air restaurant that is where the, the three bridges meet in the middle of the um, lake there at Coronado Springs. And it is also open for dinner only, which kind of disappointed me. I wanted to grab lunch there on my recent trip and found it only open for dinner. They, it serves small plates and drinks. They will take the dining plan there, but it is definitely not a good value on the dining plan with most of the small plates being around 12 to $14. So there's also a table service restaurant, the Maya Grill, which is you know, usually considered one of the worst restaurants at Disney World, so not recommended. And then there is a rather large food court at Coronado Springs that keeps changing names. I can't keep track of its name. It is now El Mercado de Coronado and um, has decent quick service food there. There are four internal bus stops now at Coronado Springs, so expect kind of a longer ride to the theme parks. I timed it and it actually did take an extra 12 minutes to stop at the bus stops before <laughs> we exited the park, so it wasn't too bad. Now they have a great pool area called the Dig Site. It has a huge pool and huge hot tub, but a distinct lack of shade there. And there actually is no water play area and it is now the only moderate resort that does not have that special kind of water playground for kids. And it's pretty easy to get discounts at Coronado Springs. So I saw nights for $153 plus tax in January on Orbitz. And again, you can save that additional uh, 10 or 15% with an Orbitz promo code. And for my stay last month, I got a room there on Hotwire at the last minute, and that was for $120 plus tax. So because of its huge number of rooms, which is now 2,500 rooms considering Grand Destino Towers. Availability is good there usually, and it's one of the moderate resorts that does go on discounted quite a bit. So last, the cabins at Fort Wilderness are considered by Disney a moderate resort, though they are quite different than these other four moderate resorts. So there are 363 of these cabins. I'm using air quotes here because really, they're like single wide trailers. I'm not saying that to, to say anything bad about single wide trailers, but if you are envisioning like a log cabin, it's not that. <laughs> they do have a facade of a log cabin on the outside. So just keep that in mind. They are about 500 square feet in size. They have a separate bedroom that has a double bed plus bunk beds. And then there is a full size pullout couch in the living room. So technically they sleep six, though that would be quite tight, I think. 
They have a full kitchen and a living room, which is great if you want to cook your own food. I find the amenities at Fort Wilderness to be very good. I like the pool and the hot tub, and they do have a water play area. Um, the dining may not be convenient. So the big challenge with Fort Wilderness is that it's huge, and you're not allowed to drive your car within it unless you're just arriving or departing. So you have to take an internal bus to get to around in the resort. And that internal bus will go to the bus stop for the resort, which then you can transfer to another bus to take to the theme parks. So you have to factor in quite a bit of extra time if you are staying in the cabins to, to you potentially may have to wait for the internal bus and then you may have to wait for the bus to the theme parks. So you do have to factor in, I mean, I would say, uh, an extra 40 minutes there to get to the parks potentially. Now, the cost is quite high. The rack rate starts at $350. I mean, I do not find that practical for, for me or for most people at that price point, especially with the transportation considerations that um, it is a bit of a hassle there. Um, one plus to the transportation scene at Fort Wilderness is there is a a boat launch that goes direct to, well, it doesn't go direct, but it goes to Magic Kingdom with a few stops on the way. And you do have to take that internal bus to get to the boat launch as well. So it is kind of not high on my list of places to stay due to the price and the um, extra hassle I consider there. So a quick summary of the moderate resorts here. I stay at the moderate resorts the least of any category, and that's because I prefer the value resorts or to stay at a deluxe resort on rented DVC points. So I will link in the notes to my post on renting DVC points because you will pay the same or less to stay at a deluxe resort when you rent points compared to a moderate resort. So I find that you kind of get less bang for your buck at the moderate resorts um, compared to the value and to the deluxe on rented points. So other than price, which is the main drawback for me, um, transportation is the other concern. So I don't like the extra time you spend on the bus. Um, however, I do sometimes stay at the moderate resorts if I can get a good price on the room. Is my cheapskate coming out? Is it obvious? <laughs> cheapskate. So um, I, I'd say a stay at a moderate resort for under $200 per night, I would feel like I'm getting value for my money. But if I'm paying more than that, it would be a stretch for me. So it is totally possible to stay at the moderate resorts for under $200 a night. If you stay at resorts that have a decent Disney release discount, and maybe you'll even be able to stack an additional discount on top of that through Orbitz or Hotwire. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. You can find me on Facebook in the Budget Mouse Facebook group. Just search for the Budget Mouse and ask to join and someone will add you to the group. You can find me on Instagram at the Budget Mouse and on Pinterest at the same name. You can also leave me a comment on one of my websites or you can email me directly, Leah, L-E-A-H, at thebudgetmouse.com. Thanks again, everyone, and have a magical day.